0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Colony Drop. My name is Brian.
1: And my name is Isaac. This is your favorite podcast where we talk about everything Gundam, from the models to the anime series to movies to the live-action movie to anything at all remotely related to the incredible meta-series that is the Gundam universe. Oh,
0: and what are we talking about today, Isaac?
1: Today we're talking about a very special game that I can guarantee Very few fans have ever played, (laughs) let alone heard of. It's called, well, depending on who you ask, it's called Gundam F90 Formula Wars or Gundam Formula Wars or something else in Japanese.
0: (laughs) I've seen it two different ways. It's Mobile Suit Gundam F91 Formula Wars 0122 or Mobile Suit Gundam F91 Formula
1: Report 0122. So wars and report are pretty different. (laughs) Definitely gives off yeah. a different vibe. Neither one <laughs> applies to the game if you actually play it or watch it. <laughs> but that's that's what we got, fans. Okay, it's it's the formula game for uh, Super Nintendo. Yes. So if you're uh, <laughs> if you're a millennial on the younger side or a, a Zoomer, Gen Z, whatever, you probably don't know what a Super Nintendo is. Just Google it real quick. Bing it or something. <laughs> it. Have Siri think- ask.
0: Do it's, people actually use Bing?
1: There must be like I don't know. It's the default for some browsers, right? So you know, there's some some poor old person out there who like uses like Microsoft Edge or or, or Internet Explorer and like they're Binging everything. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah. right? Super so Nintendo, <laughs> old console back in the nineties, uses cartridges to play games. So this was, you know, this is like an 8-bit game pretty much. Not 8-bit, but 16. it's one of those big games. 16. There you go. 16-bit game. You know how it looks. Brian, how would you define for our listeners, like, what type of category of games would it fit into? Because I personally, I feel like it was kind of a half-RPG, half-strategy game, actually.
0: Yeah, I thought about that a lot, and I don't know that I came up with a good answer, And I tried to think of like what you would have called it back then, Hmm. because maybe an action game today is not necessarily like an action game back then, right? So this game is from 1991. Uh, Like you said, came out only in Japan for Super Nintendo or Super Famicom, whatever you want to call it. And the only way we're able to play it is through a translated ROM. I believe the group that translated it is uh, Twilight Translations. So thank you, thank you, Twilight Translations. You did uh shout out to Twilight. You did the Lord's work for, for Gundam <laughs> fans who are looking to play the most obscure game from 1991. We <laughs> thank you. To your question, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I definitely think there's a definite strategy element. And then there's definitely an RPG element because the, the suits do get stronger the more you use them. Although right. there's not like rpg customization in terms of like you know classes or yeah or skills and stuff you just kind of get new weapons but it is up to you and i think that's the strategy element to decide what weapons to use i'll go through the gameplay in a second here but let's set the stage with you know like the back of the box so if we if we just take what's on the wiki which i think is a fair summary the year is universal century 0122 so keep in mind that is two years since the year of the Gundam F-90 manga, which we reviewed a few weeks ago. That is one year before the Gundam F-91 movie. And <laughs> the mars Xeon are back, our old pals, the Oldsmobile Army. Although we thought they got wiped out in Gundam F-90 when that big base, that reactor, collapsed in, in Olympus Mons, and Isaac made fun of their engineering prowess, <laughs> they, they have apparently returned to threaten the Earth sphere with an even larger force, somehow, And maybe we'll find out why by the end of the game.
1: Well, (laughs) (laughs) let me say this. Some of them did escape. Remember, if you listen to our podcast, I think we do discuss that, oh, they're escaping. But, like, where the heck are they going? They're still on Mars. Yeah. There's nowhere to go to. But apparently they found some way to to get to some eyes They had an orbit or something, right?
0: Yeah, not only did they find yeah. time to get away from Mars, but they found time to get to Earth. So yeah. clearly, well stocked in all in all departments. And so, because the Old Mobiles have sort of reemerged, in response the Federation has formed the Anti Earth Federation Organization Extermination Unit. Which, <laughs> man, they gotta wor- they gotta work on those names. <laughs>
1: This was, this was clearly a name that was, like, designed by committee as opposed to, like, one admiral deciding to create Londo Bell and call it Londo Bell.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Simple name. That's a good one. This yeah. one is worse than the AUG. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it doesn't even work as an acronym. What would no. you call it? The AU for you uh,
1: They should have just called it uh, Counter Old Mobile Armory or something. Like, I don't
0: know. Yeah, or just... The Oldsmobile Extermination
1: Unit. Uh, yeah. Done. There you go. Yeah. Jeez. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so this, We're already doing better. This Extermination Unit has a very simple goal, which is the same goal as the squad dispatched in the Gundam F-90 manga, and that is to destroy the Oldsmobile Army. Everyone in their path. Just go kill them. That's kind of the mission here. And that works great for a video game, because you know what? You just send out the suits, and you just blow up squadron after squadron of enemy suits.
1: Pretty much. And they're asking for it, too, right? If you recall, listeners, as we just mentioned, the Old Mobile Army, they built a mass driver on Mars. Of course, their plans were thwarted. But these people, they wanted to exterminate Earth. Say what you will about other Zeon. They, they mostly tried to, like, take over things. But this group was in it for extermination. So now they must be exterminated by this special task force from the Earth Federation.
0: That's right. So before we go into the the story of what happens. Let's talk about mm-hmm. the gameplay cuz this is a video game. So, if you're sitting out yeah. there like us, you want to continue down your UC Next 100 journey to see what's out there in the in the formula sort of era. This is the kind of gameplay you're going to be in for. So, again, this is a Super Nintendo game. So, it's going to
1: be very different from a game you'd play today. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't I've never played a game like this, Isaac.
1: Have you? Oh, oh no. And I'm glad you brought that up because The reason I said it feels like an RPG and a strategy game is because you're essentially playing two games in a way, right? Or at least two modes. There's the map mode where you're moving around your actual mobile suit on like this, you know, 2D map and you can see like, you know, enemy mobile suits and you can see your flagship. That's more sort of RTS, I guess, in a way, you know, kind of positioning yourself and watching the enemy move around and seeing where you could tactically, strategically move. And then it switches to sort of an, a first person shooter type rpg thing where you have well more of an rpg really you have to like select your weapons depending on like the distance the enemy is to see how effective it is you know a beam saber will be close up a beam rifle will be like longer range and things like that it was a very much a um an interesting hybrid i'll say that
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i think it was a creative solution to try to bring fast-paced mobile suit combat to an underpowered console at the time,
1: right? right. I mean, you can yeah. if
0: you look at something like uh, some of the games we talked about a few weeks back on the video game episodes, like the new Extreme Versus uh, Maxi Boost On game. That is just like frenetic, action-packed four-player three all. What do we call it? All-range mode. You, uh, you know, beat 'em up.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But you can't you can't do that on the Super Nintendo, right? So you you gotta try to find a way to emulate that yeah. a little bit
1: they so worked this is, with what they had yeah totally
0: and i guess we should say i played through most of the game and we'll, we'll get right and right. I, I guess i should also say this game led to probably the biggest trifecta of epic fails in my entire gaming career and i never say the word epic fail so we'll, we'll get to that at the end because i don't want to spoil it but I, I did play through uh most of the game whereas what, what did you do isaac
1: Sadly, listeners, I could not get my okay. I could get the emulator and the ROM, but I I couldn't really get it working with like my keyboard. <laughs> this is clearly designed to use with a Super Nintendo controller or an equivalent, and uh, I couldn't get it going. So instead, I watched a Let's Play. <laughs> yeah. So, so Let's they... Play was incredible, by the way. What? There's was this it? great Let's Play, and it had like the the guy is clearly a Gundam fan because he like edited in Gundam footage and stuff like that. <laughs>
0: Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. I, that's, uh, so that's Gundam Lock-On's channel on there YouTube. You and he is, the, uh, he is the hero that we all don't deserve,
1: <laughs> let me really
0: tell you. We'll get to why later I had to finish the game uh, <laughs> using his Let's Play. <laughs> <Of> but <course. laughs> yeah, so the, here's my take on the gameplay. So like Isaac said, there's sort of two modes. You start a mission. This game calls their missions or, or their levels acts. So there's 12 acts in the game. In every act, you see a little story bit, some story dialogue, and then you, you go into the map. And on the map, you have, it's you in your suit. Um, you start out with the Gundam F90. You can choose between the A-type and the D-type, or the I believe it's the Assault-type and the Destroyed-type. So they just have different weapons. So you start next to your ship, which is, we'll get to the ship in a bit, but the ship is called the Abram. And then you're, you have allies around you that are either uh, G-cannons or, um, uh, I believe they're heavy guns, right? And uh, you, they kind of hold off the enemies uh, with you, but they're kind of they're pretty worthless, um, and we'll talk about why later. So <laughs> it so was Super Nintendo
1: AI. <laughs> yeah, they they're they don't the best do. They can.
0: Yeah, they don't do a whole lot. And then the enemies appear on the map as well as little you know mobile suits, mobile suit sprites, and they sort of just start coming at you. And so this is the first aspect of this of the strategy part of the game. You have to make sure that you fend off the right enemies so that they don't reach your ship and blow up the ship. Cause you can get a game over in this, in this game, uh, three, at least three different ways that I know of. Uh, you can die yourself. If the enemy, uh, suits wipe out all of your allies, you lose, or if the enemy suits wipe out your, your, uh, your ship, the Abram. So that's why, you know, two of those depend not on you but on the people around you so you have to defend the ship at least make sure that all of your allies don't die and then also don't die yourself
1: is the ship defenseless yes (laughs) yes see that doesn't make any sense to me because all right for our listeners i'm pretty sure just going off the the graphics and the representation that is a clop right that we first Um, see in charge Counterattack. it didn't look like a rock Kylum class was it uh, that's a good question. It's either a clop or a, a rock Island or a Ra- rock island. Yeah. Okay, neither of which is defenseless. They're, they're <laughs> they should be pretty strong, especially <laughs> against you know sixty year old mobile suits.
0: <laughs> oh no, you're right. It is it is a clop class.
1: Okay, there you go. Yep. But, yeah, but I digress. You know they had to make <laughs> it underpowered. Maybe they removed the guns so they could have more room for mobile suits or something. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I-
0: I mean, they don't explicitly say that it's it's defending itself, okay? No. There was a time in Act 9 when I got really nervous because there were... I did really well in the game through Act 9. I did not die, and, and all my allies were... I did not lose a mission once through Act 9. And the whole time I thought that if the enemy just touched your ship, like if they just moved over that tile, that the you would kind of lose, right? But that didn't actually happen. So in Act 9, I had three enemies kind of on my ship. But I was also on my ship, kind of just fending them off as I could. So okay. the ship doesn't die immediately. Maybe you're to infer that it, it's sort of fighting them off.
1: Um, <laughs> it's fighting one Zaku. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just giving it the runaround.
0: <laughs> just, just flying in circles.
1: <laughs> just, yeah.
0: So once your suit touches an enemy suit, you enter the battle screen, like Isaac said. And then all of a sudden you're shifted from this horribly slow map uh, environment to this just super fast-paced combat that if you don't know what you're doing, you're going to be very confused. I was very confused at first, and I think Isaac was as well. I think I had to start the game over because I, no, I had no clue what I was doing. They don't really tell you what to do, uh, which is pretty pretty standard fare for super nintendo games if you think mm-hmm. back i mean there, there were there were not tutorials back then it's not like games today where they spend you know the first 30 minutes of the game walking you through it there, there there's no hand holding in this game it's like here you go fly out there and uh and you know yeah. get your ass kicked
1: maybe there was a manual but other than that you had to buy like a magazine
0: <laughs> yeah there, there's both strategy and action elements here in our the, the suits do get more powerful the next mission or the next act as long as you use them in the previous mission now, there's no, like, experience bar, so I can't tell if you use it more, or, like, will it get more powerful than if you just, like, if you just use it once, does, does it get the same upgrade the next, the next act? I'm not really sure. I couldn't tell. But you kind of play the sort of battle portion of the game by looking at a radar. You are represented in the center of a radar with a dot. And in that radar, there's two concentric circles forming three different zones, close range, medium range, and long range. that radar circle you have a cone of vision that's in front of you and then you can see the the enemy suits flying around on the radar and if an enemy suit passes into your cone of vision you can hit the attack button and then it enters the attack phase and that's like isaac said when you get to choose your weapon and there's different weapons for each of the suits and each weapon has different uh, effectiveness at different ranges so like isaac said vulcans and beam sabers close range Uh, beam sabers There's various machine guns and different cannons that do medium range, and then long range is usually some sort of like shoulder cannon or bazooka or the uh, variable speed beam rifles, which you get towards the end of the game. And the difficulty in this game is caused or created by the fact that hitting the enemy is not up to you. You have no real way to influence it other than choosing the right weapon. Whether or not your attack hits the enemy is completely RNG-based or luck-based, as far as I'm aware. Once you hit attack and choose a weapon, that's it. The game kind of plays it out. And for the most part, there's way less hits than there are misses. I'd say on average, you hit one out of three times, maybe. And that causes the game to go on a really long time. And while you're in that sort of battle-ish radar screen, the longer you wait to attack the enemy, so for example, if you're trying to get them into your field of view, the controls do allow you to move left, right, forward backwards and then you can use the shoulder buttons to sort of turn you yep. know that that's kind of how they're doing all range mode I'll say um, oh god it's complex it's <laughs> once you get the hang of it, it it makes sense but if you don't know that going in you don't know what the heck you're doing cuz all you can see is little dots moving on the radar and you have no concept of like what is happening and you're just getting attacked and you and you get frustrated pretty easily so yeah that i mean that's kind of the game really you basically the, the goal is Kill them before they kill you. And the fastest way to do that is to maneuver your suit in a way that gets them into your field of view uh, the quickest. And then, you know, choose the right gun to give yourself the best chance of hitting. But again, once you choose the gun, uh, or the weapon, I should say, it's not really up to you anymore. And if it misses, then you just try again. And the good thing about missing is if you miss, it just reverts right back to the battle screen. And you can immediately hit attack again, because usually the enemy will not have moved yet. Once you get them in your field of view, you got to keep keep hitting that attack button and keep trying to hit them, and, and see if it works out for you. And yeah, that's the game. And it, you basically get attacked by more and more enemies each act, in maybe slightly different formations, but overall it is like what do they call it, a battle of attrition? <laughs> um, and it's in, a meat grinder. Yeah, in terms <laughs> of how much time you want to spend on this game. So again, there's 12 acts. I'd say each the beginning acts take maybe 15 to 30 minutes. And as you progress, I think Act Nine or Act Ten, I was almost done with it, and that took close to an hour. So it, the more enemies, the more time you spend. Especially if you shoot at something three times and you miss all three times, you have to watch the cinematic play every time of your of your suit. You know, if you use the beam rifle, your suit pulls out the beam rifle, does a few shots, and then you watch the beams go by and and the see if it hits the enemy suit and if they'll dodge it or they'll get hit a little bit so I'm sure you saw this in the let's play Isaac and those let's plays I'll have, you know, he sped those let's plays up probably at least three by like a factor of three.
1: So I bet. Yeah. Uh, he also said that like, I think RNG random number God <laughs> is involved also in the enemy positions. And yes, is that yes. true? Like that, like sometimes you you restart and the enemy's in a completely different formation.
0: Yeah. Apparently that is true. I, I did not know that until the very end when I was playing the game because, I, again, I didn't die. Like, right. through, I didn't die through Act 9. And I only noticed that when I started over an Act. Uh, I think I started over. Um, we'll get to why, but I started over Act 5 again. Um, and I did not notice. I, I was thrown off by that because all of a sudden, my, my ship was in a different spot on the map, my allies were in a different spot, and the enemy was in a completely different spot.
1: According so to him, try- <laughs> that made certain scenarios impossible to win. Like, there would be certain scenarios where I guess the enemy was too close mm-hmm. to his units or to his flagship or something like that. Or just yep. the position. The enemy was at too advantageous of a position randomly generated, and they would win. So he yeah. had to keep restarting until he had a chance.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I totally believe that. Because, again, <laughs> like we talked about, there are allies. There are heavy guns, and there are g cannons. They do hold off the enemy, but they don't kill them. So you may see them kind of just their sprites (laughs) your your ally sprite and the enemy sprite will just stand there probably for a few fights and not move after they stand there for a while if you go and engage them later on those enemy units will have lower they'll start with lower health when you engage them i guess to signify that your allies did some damage kind of like while you were fighting over there but i don't i don't think that your allies ever completely destroy the squadron i think you have to go in and and at least finish them off
1: that's terrible Um,
0: yeah, they're they're not a lot of help, to be honest. If all those enemy squads kind of start closer or or you start in like in a corner, it, it could be really difficult maybe to to kind of beat the mission, especially towards the later part of the game, where there are just an enormous amount of enemies. Generally, one enemy sprite on the map usually has at least three enemy suits in it, sometimes four or five, when you engage them. And I think on when I was in Act ten, I'm pretty sure. It started with 11 or 12 squadrons on the screen. That's between 33 and 55 suits that I have to kill. And that's before any reinforcements show up. And if it takes me five minutes, maybe, to kill all three of them in a squadron, you're looking at some serious time there. And then if you lose at the end of the mission, you just wasted a solid hour, you know, because these games aren't like games today. You can't start from where you died you got to replay the whole mission, and we'll get to that later. But uh, <laughs> that's kind of the gameplay. You know, every level is very similar. It just gets harder due to more enemies and formations, basically. So that's what you're in for if you decide yeah. to
1: play this game. That was a lot. <laughs> that was a lot to take in, and listeners, you would be correct in assuming that there were not additional <laughs> games of this style made after this. <laughs> um... Yeah. And we can see why because it's possibly needlessly complex, or at least you know this it needed more time in the oven I think until for them to work out how the game mechanics would work and how I guess accessible and fun it would be. But you know what, it was an interesting part of the Gundam timeline um, leading up to F91. That's kind of why we selected it in a way. And I thought story-wise it was pretty interesting. What would you think, Ryan?
0: Yeah, I actually really like the story. I think it creates some problems, which I think we, we probably yeah, yeah. both... We have, <laughs> I guess I should say... We, A we, lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I should say Isaac and I have not discussed this yet. We were discussing this for the first time here. So I'm curious to see if we arrived at the same... I don't want to call it continuity problems, but sort of logical problems. But um, yeah, I mean, again, so th- because this is something that you all probably haven't played, I think we'll probably just... Briefly go through the story here, you know, from kind of start to finish because I think that's fun for these these formula era era things that no one's really watched. So, like we said before, the story you know begins in uh, UC 0122 and the Oldsmobiles are back and they're they're attacking the Federation forms the, the whatever it's called the Oldsmobile Elimination Force yeah. some longer name, and we start on the ship, <laughs> as Isaac said, which is a Klop class. Uh, so already hitting it out of the park. Didn't get a Rock High Loom this time. Instead, we got a clop. Yeah, the ship is called the Abram, yeah. and it has received orders to transport the Gundam F ninety to the to the elimination, you know, task force, and they are going to Side Four to do that. And we meet our hero, or our protagonist, who you play as the whole time. His name is Berg Scred. Uh, another great. Uh, <laughs> another, <laughs> where, where does this fall on our on our list of like? Uh, formula names, right? Because we've had Deaf Stallion, Tokyo Randall. Now we got Berg Scred. These are some some top notch
1: '90s like, tough guy names, right? Right, you are. <laughs> they're very Gundam. We'll just say that there. Yeah. There's random as the best of the most random Gundam.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and there's going to be a lot of characters that show up in this in this series that have really terrible names. <laughs> so we first meet Berg. And apparently he was a Jagan pilot and his Jagan got damaged. And so now he's upset because he can't fight in this next sortie against the Oldsmobiles. And he's so insistent. The captain of the Abram tells him, you know what, go ahead and take out the F-90. And which is kind of surprising, right? The captain gives the F-90 to the guy that got shot down, not to maybe the people that didn't get shot down that are still they're still fighting in their in their Jagan, to their heavy guns. I don't. What did you think about that, Isaac?
1: I was trying to think, like, okay, I imagine fighter pilots, they want to fly in their, you know, their fighter. That's the one that they're used to. Maybe it's been customized to their standards. They don't want to get into something that's flashy and new that, sure, on paper it might be better, but at the end of the day, their their fighter is still their fighter. So I imagine it was the same for the mobile suit pilots. Okay, I can go with that. (laughs) <laughs> and, and so the otherwise, are... otherwise, it makes no sense why they would give this flunky one of the most advanced suits in the whole Federation Navy.
0: <laughs> and I guess, actually, if you think about it, when they say we are carrying the F-90, they literally mean the F-90 that was left over from Gundam F-90, I suppose, unless they made a new one. Yeah, it's the, the one. one. That's kind of neat, right? Connections,
1: people. Yeah, the one prototype. I, don't, I mean, I wonder what the logic is for giving it to the Abram. Like, give them our prototype to take in a battle against you know the old mobile army because it worked before is that the logic or
0: (laughs) could be yeah i'll have to go look that up i don't know i don't know if it's actually the same one but berg goes out in the f90 and beats up a bunch of old mobile army zakus and doms which isaac they're bringing back the doms again are you are you loving this
1: i love seeing those little chunky monsters flying around in space getting shot (laughs) left and right
0: (laughs) They represented themselves well. I think the yeah. Doms had great sprites in this game, and they even got some more uh, color variations as we go through the game. So, and again, yeah. you start out you start out with the F90 uh, A type and D type. Probably the coolest thing about the A type is you eventually get these cool shoulder beam rifles that that hit long range. Really enjoyed those, and then the, the D type you eventually get these these rockets, uh, and as well as I believe the cracker grenade. When I saw that you got the cracker <laughs> grenade, I was like, Oh, that's awesome. Isaac loves the cracker grenade. So.
1: Yeah, it's a very Xeon thing. <laughs> Speaking of Xeon thing, man, the Gilgoos look great in this, didn't they?
0: They did. The Gelgoose look looked awesome. Those first come yeah. in I think I think mission two, and they come in two colors. Well, three if you count the end. So I think they have like the normal blue and green colors, but it seems like the colors are switched, if I'm remembering that right. Like they're inverted in this. Or maybe, maybe know. I'm not. I don't know.
1: But then you got the cool red and gray one as well. Which one did you like better? Definitely the red and gray. I didn't see that one coming. And then when I saw it, I was like, all right, somebody took the time when they were, you know, coding this, all the little bits and stuff. They made it look really damn nice.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think overall, actually, the suit design in this game is great.
1: Yeah, they really took the time to get the proportions right. And visually, if you're a Gundam fan, you will instantly recognize pretty much every mobile suit you see.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I think it's really cool to see in the game versus the mangas, right? Because in F90, we did see some Oldsmobile suits, but they weren't in color, right? They're in they're in manga form. And so here you can kind of see how the Xeon designs have been updated a little bit easier. I agree. I, mean, I had the same thought when I first saw it. So.
1: There you go, yeah.
0: So in Act 1, you know, Bird flies down the F-90, saves everybody. They proceed to their mission. They're still trying to meet up with the Elimination Task Force to give them the F-90. But in Act 2, they come up against the Charles Fleet, led by Charles Rochester, or ma- I think Major Charles Rochester of the Oldsmobile Army, who is, I guess, the main antagonist for the most part. Would you agree with that, Isaac?
1: I'd agree with that, yeah. He's part of the in, the intimidatingly named Charles Fleet. He's leading it. <laughs> he's a major right even though technically if you're running a fleet shouldn't you be an admiral if not in name in practice but i digress that's a good
0: point (laughs) the translation we have said he was a major whether that makes sense or not i don't know but it is it's called the charles fleet and this is charles so
1: yeah i i didn't really get the scale of the charles fleet i mean they show us three musai but According to the you know the intro text, this is a very large scale threat to the Federation. But three moose, I should not be a th- threat, right. really. Exactly. <laughs> but anyways, um, quick question, Brian. The old mobile army, as we know, is made up of mostly old men. Charles didn't seem too old. Did you think that might just be the limitations of the system, or is Charles maybe? Sort of like the traitor, um, just a younger member, like maybe someone's son or something that joined from the Federation and went to Mars or something. Like,
0: I agree. He definitely does not look old, and I just looked it up. He is canonically only 25.
1: Wow. Okay. So he's a, uh, a Zeon by choice, more or less. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Anyways. Yeah. He's kind of the bad guy, but again, it's... I wouldn't say he was a very well done bad guy.
0: No, no. I mean, given that it's a video game, you get a few snippets of dialogue before yeah. each mission starts. You don't get a whole lot of backstory, other than look, this is his fleet. He's pissed off and he wants to, you know, destroy the Earth Federation in the name of of uh, of Xeon. But unfortunately, as Act Two unfolds, because Berg did so well in the F ninety, he gets to go out again in it, and he kind of just. I mean you're you're the player character, so you just kinda of mop the floor with Charles's fleet and he I think he says like damn you and then and then he leaves him and his him and his moose eyes like retreat. But he did it in style with those cool Gilgoogs, right? Uh, I believe the red ones are the commander units, whereas the blue ones are the sort of the, the grunt Gilgoogs. So once we defeat Charles, he doesn't die, he just retreats. He's gonna come back later. They can happen. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So our Abram pals continue on to try to meet up with the force. This time the captain says, oh, the captain whose name is... uh,
1: We'll, we'll call him Captain Quasi-Revel because he looks a lot like General Revel.
0: <laughs> he does
1: a lot, look a lot like
0: General Yeah, Weibel Gardner is his name. I think he looks like a sea captain. Like He, he looks like he should be captaining an actual like ship in the ocean. Yeah,
1: he's got a bushy beard. Revel kind of kept his pretty trim, but a bit of a, a seaworthy, swarthy seaman. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yep. So Captain Weibel Gardner, a.k.a. Formula Rebel, he says, oh, we got to go stop at this colony uh, before we meet up with the uh, Extermination Force or Elimination Force, whatever they're called, uh, because we, we have new info that the are they're, they're holed up in this colony and we need to deal. <laughs> this is one of my favorite parts of the game. I felt like the writing for this game was really good at some points and then just terrible at other points um but sometimes they had cool lines like this because the the captain was like oh we need to deal with this smoothly which basically just means berg please go kill them (laughs) so i I thought that was entertaining (laughs) again during this mission you're in a colony and what happens when you're inside a colony isaac and you fight with
1: mobile suits you punch holes in the colony
0: (laughs) that is right and if you fly over one of those holes in the colony you will get sucked out and die. So I guess that's
1: another another way to, to kind of lose <laughs> lose the mission. Here's a question: How do you die if you're inside not only your normal suit but you're inside your mobile suit? How?
0: <laughs> oh, that's a good point. I guess you wouldn't die, right? You would just fail the mission because you kind of abandoned the Abram. But you you
1: can fly back in. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a
0: fair point. Yeah, that,
1: that's a fair point. That happens all the time in combat with colonies. <laughs>
0: That's an excellent point I didn't think about while playing the game. They just wanted to the make the f- map different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is actually, that's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up. Most of the levels in this game are just excuses to use a different background to, to, to fly yeah. around in. So we just had two space battles and this is the first one that has like a, a different background. There's a colony in the background, which is actually pretty cool. You can see the, the colony mirrors, so they really they really tried to kind of go all out on the, on the background art, which I really appreciate. They um,
1: did what they could, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, the sprite work in general, I think, is pretty good for this game. If you've not played a Super Nintendo game before and you're used to like modern gaming, this is going to be a change for you. <laughs> um, but if 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 you're like us and you used to play these type of games, it kind of makes sense. So we fight inside the colony. You know, we avoid the holes. We beat up the Oldsmobiles again. And at the end of the at the end of the mission, we capture an Oldsmobile captain to get some information. And then all of a sudden, we I guess based on that information, it we we now have new orders because we need to take a shuttle to Earth to battle the Oldsmobile army, who's made it to Earth in the ocean. And at this point, I was like blown away. Did this make any sense to you, Isaac? I was like, you're telling me two years ago the Oldsmobile army was on Mars. And we thought we wiped him out. And now all of a sudden, not only have they come back bigger and stronger, but they made it to Earth. How did the Federation fail so hard <laughs> that they, they allowed them onto Earth to get any sort of stronghold?
1: I have my theory, Brian. Are you ready oh, to hear
0: it? I'm ready.
1: As you recall in the F91 movie... <sighs> it's hinted that the Federation has been assisting the Crossbone Vanguard. Well, at least maybe not the whole Federation, but members within the Federation. I think that's been happening at this point in time, way before F-9-1 even happens. So, as usual, the Federation, there's officers or politicians that are somehow giving a help to uh, anti-Federation forces.
0: Well, that's the only thing that makes sense. So, I like that theory, and uh, let's go with it. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah, clearly the Federation screwed up and or, or or aided and embedded these these fellows and let them onto Earth. So now it's our it's, it's old job to go to Earth and eliminate them. But I think before you get there, we end up in an atmospheric battle with Charles again. So Charles comes back. This is, this is a big turning point in the story because I think the Abram at this point is linking up with the uh, the elimination teams. We finally made it, but our <laughs> captain not Revel goes and discusses with the Colonel, whose name is Colonel Telst. That's super hard to say. The, the names are just going to get worse from here on out, people, let me tell you. Not
1: the Telst family.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh. And the Colonel says, you know what, Berg, you're getting us some good data, so just keep on keep on piloting the F-90. Keep doing what you're doing. Alright, so main character has now secured the suit for the rest of the series. <clears throat> so then a new, a new guy shows up out of nowhere named... <laughs> oh, here we go with those 90s tough guy names again named lieutenant wilder cuts hot damn so this guy just kind of shows up out of nowhere he reminds me a lot of captain levi if you people have watched attack on titan he just i don't know he's like brooding and he just okay I'm, I'm good i i'm gonna go over here now in the corner um and he says i'm berg <laughs> I'm, I'm counting on you berg uh i was gonna be a gundam pilot once too and then all of a sudden I think there was a girl, there's a redheaded girl named Anna Phil. What a weird name. That's got that can't be right. Her name has to be something else. Anna Phil is a weird name. I thought
1: name. it was Annabelle, but anyways, yeah.
0: Oh, Annabelle makes way more sense. It's probably supposed yeah. to be Annabelle. But
1: Anna Phil. Anna her Phil. parents her parents couldn't decide between Annabelle or Phyllis. <laughs> so they decided to meet in the middle at Anna Phil.
0: <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I think we met Anna Phil at some point in the past, one of the one of the other missions. Uh, And all of a sudden now she has a scar from the last battle and you kind of get the sense that Berg likes Anaphil or or he's sort of pining after her or he's worried about her. She tells him, you know, Berg, be careful when you fight the red Gelgoog. So Berg goes out. There's a lot more groups in this map. Charles has got his red Gelgoog, And then as we defeat them, all of a sudden you get your F-90 into the P-type, which is basically just like a, I don't know. Did you see the P-type, Isaac? It's basically some airplane parts. That let you re-enter the atmosphere, I suppose. You
1: you Zeta Gundam it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, you just transform and coast in.
0: <laughs> yep. So we put on RP-type, we fly in, so now we're going to Earth. You know why? Because you can do a lot more background sceneries on Earth than you can in space.
1: <laughs> let me ask you this, Brian. Let me jump in real quick. So I was watching the Let's Play. I'm not sure if I missed it, but what exactly is the purpose of the attack on earth by the Oldsmobile army are they they can't be heading to Jabral like it looks like they're in the desert what the hell are they doing
0: <laughs> I don't think they ever gave a real reason other than we need to go get them
1: well I guess depending on what we see later on in the story it makes perfect sense that this is almost the, the thinnest of a distraction so yes
0: so we make it to earth and we basically get put right into a desert battle there's these Xeon folks on Earth who are just mad. This guy, he's got a big scar over his eye. He calls you. He calls the Federation bastards and and sixes ground forces on us. And then uh, Berg goes, "Okay, I'll go find the ground forces." And uh, and then he, it's like really random. All of a sudden, he starts asking uh, our our pal Lieutenant Wilder cuts. Hey, where's Anaphil? Have you seen Anaphil? And, and Wilder gets a little suspicious, and he's like, oh, I don't know. But don't be late. I'm counting on you. And this is the the first level where we get the Desert Dom, Isaac, as an enemy.
1: Did you Ooh, love the Desert yeah. Dom? It was <laughs> it was okay.
0: <laughs> really? I thought you would have loved this thing.
1: I have my likes. Okay, it's no Dom Troppin', I'll say that. Okay. All right.
0: <laughs> Well, we get the desert colored dom, which was cool, and we get the goofs. The goofs have uh, had a little bit of a visual upgrade. They got some some more coloring in there. They got a bigger whip, cool like heat sword. This map was a little bit tougher than the rest. Uh, I had to switch out my suits quite a few times to keep my health safe. Uh, that's another strategy play in the game. You can swap your F-90 equipment out as long as you go back to the ship. And every time you do, you get, you get replenished fuel and, and replenished uh, health. Oh, I, just, I should also say, you'll die if you run out of fuel. But that would be really hard to do unless you used one suit the entire time if you don't switch out. So that's sort of an exploit of how to stay alive in this game. You have to switch out the suits. You're never going to make it through a whole map with just without switching out at least once, especially towards the end of the game. And so Berg does what he does best and just tears through the Oldsmobile army uh, in the desert. Even Wilder afterwards is like, "Hey, you know, you did a good job." And Wilder is piling a Jagan of all things. He really needs to upgrade if he wants to compete here. Because if you've watched um, Gundam F Nine One, the Jagans do terrible. They, I don't see how this guy is still alive. Does that? Does that why are people still piling Jagans?
1: The Federation, like any large organization, wants to save money. <laughs> And hold on to things longer than they should. I think when we're talking about capital ships, right? We, we read that like the psalmist was being used way into the future, like post, like victory Gundam. You know. Yeah. So, yeah, that's
0: true. And, and I mean, yeah. I guess
1: Charles is using Moose
0: eyes, right? So, but Charles, yeah. he has, he's got no money. These Oldsmobile people, they don't have m- many resources for the most yeah. part, except for their sponsors. But uh,
1: Jagan, yeah, Jagan will be way more advanced than anything that they're flying anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but if but if Lieutenant Wilder is like your guy, right? I mean, anyone whose name is Wilder, you better you you got
1: to be a good pilot.
0: Wouldn't you give him right. one of the new heavy guns or the G cannons instead? They give this guy a
1: Jagan. I mean, well, if he's experienced enough with the Jagans, that might be a right request. You know, he might prefer something like that. Like I was in a 7-Eleven... <laughs> Type for an anecdote. I was, <laughs> I was in a seven eleven once, and I was behind like a sheriff, and he was like talking to the um the store clerk, and I think the store clerk was like talking about his gun or something. He was like, oh, you're still using a revolver or something? Like, and you're not using, like, a Glock or whatever? And then and the sheriff was like, yeah, this was an old guy. You know, he had, like, a mustache and stuff. That's the kind of sheriff he was. And he was like, yeah, you know, it won't jam on me. Uh, <laughs> and then, like, I, he laughed and I'm like, I bought my Slurpee. Uh, <laughs> so, so I always thought that was an interesting anecdote. Like, okay, so he wants something older that maybe he thinks is more reliable or that he's used to. It must yeah. be the same situation here. So
0: Yeah, okay, that's fair, that's yeah. fair. You really
1: don't like these ace pilots. I imagine the uh, the Brian fleet will be like, it's only top of the line mobile suits. Like any ace pilot or pilot that wants to fly in the fleet, they have to use whatever the top of the line assigned suits are.
0: Well, no, it's fine to use the old ones. I just think if this guy is like Mr. Hot Stuff, shouldn't they give him uh, one of the newer suits? Because clearly the people piloting the newer suits, they they suck. They die all the time in these missions. Yeah. it, every time you're on the map, you come back after fighting and, you know, blowing up three or four of the Oldsmobiles. You come back and a few of your allies get blown up and and the enemy just advances. So if Mr. Wilder is the best over here, maybe he should have the heavy gun or the G-Cannon, which are, you know, 30 years newer than what he's piloting.
1: I'm, I'm questioning the uh,
0: asset allocation here of, of the Federation.
1: <laughs> well, you're not Admiral Telst, so... <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, that's true. Uh, so anyway... Bird does what he does best, blows up everybody in the desert, and you, you get this real quick message that says, that's right, we, we confirm, all the all the Oldsmobiles in the desert are annihilated, so go to the ocean. So time for a new background. So we go to Act 6, and your friends, who I didn't mention because they're kind of just annoying and they always act superior to you, their names are like Biok and uh, like Albert, I think. Uh, one has blonde hair, one and the other guy has red hair, I forget which one's which. But anyway, they they tell you, hey, you're late. Uh, this is the new captain in the in the ocean. So now you get on a submarine called the uh, Garwish. Again, terrible name. Here we get a female submarine captain. And even the game knows that this is rare because someone goes, oh, wow, a female captain. <laughs>
1: <laughs> did they say that to like her face? When yeah, she's in yeah, the, yeah, they did. Oh, God. <laughs> How are you so, going to get reprimanded in the military for this? <laughs>
0: The, the, if they ever adapt this, they'll probably have to change that
1: line a little bit. Maybe uh, you but with pride, maybe she was yeah. like, "Yeah, that, that's right, that's right." <laughs> and I'm part of this mission too. <laughs> yeah, but she's great
0: though because you get in the summary and she's like, "Hey, I have new Gundam parts for you." And at this point, you're like, "Yes, give me something better because I want to pilot the thing that's on the box." So if you look at the box of this game, there's two suits on it. Uh, there's the F ninety one. And the, and the F90 V type, which is the VS variable speed beam rifle type, or the VSBR type, it has all these cool-looking yeah, mm. fins on it. Looks way better than any of the other F90s, in my opinion. So oh. she gives you, hey, I have the V pack, the V type mission pack here, and you get a beam shield and you get the VSBR, which is a long-range uh, beam rifle with unlimited ammo. So from here on out, the, the V type. Is your best suit from a gameplay perspective, at least until you get the F91 a little later. So this map was super easy because you just you just pick up the V type and you're like, all right, <laughs> VSBR, all these all these babies, just keep them in long range mode, and uh, just go to town. But here we did get the Remnant Forces Zagok. The Zagok came back, Isaac, looking more menacing than ever.
1: I love it with those big noodly arms. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Berg goes out in the V-Type, wipes out all the Zagoks to sort of very little fanfare. There was a current in this level, which was kind of cool. It kind of changed the way that you had to move around on the map. You could tell they were really trying to, you know, spice it up in terms of the map stuff. You had the holes in the colony. Now you had, I think in the desert, there were people hiding in the sand. And then here you had had currents. So... Berg blows everyone up, and then they say, you know what? Turns out there's someone sponsoring the Oldsmobile Army in the shadows, and they're, they're starting to make their move. And at this point, you're like, oh, who could it be? If you've seen F91, then you probably know who it is, but we're not there yet.
1: In something game, who could possibly be involved <laughs> in the plot? <laughs> uh,
0: so, so after that, the captain says, you know what? Go to the spaceport. You need to go back to space. And at this point, I was like, but we were just in space. Why
1: did we come down here? if We're just going to go back to space. <laughs> You had to mop up the enemy, all right, on the ground. Now we need I you guess. back in space.
0: I guess, but and, and I'm going to get to this at the end, but I think Berg, our pal Berg Scred here, is the only competent pilot in the Federation at this point because he is single-handedly destroying the Oldsmobile army. Every mission, you're bl- you're destroying 20-something suits on his own. If an ace pilot is like, whatever we said, isn't it like between 4 and 10 kills or something like that? This dude has a huge kill count by the end of the game. He's got to be among the, the best Federation pilots.
1: <laughs> <laughs> After the first act, he has a huge kill count. <laughs> he does. Yeah,
0: that's right. So we, we get on our submarine, or, or maybe maybe we're in a a Garuda class. Maybe we're in the, the plane at this point. And we're yeah. flying over the mountains, and all of a sudden, something happens to the ship, and there's like a power outage. And we, we, we get a notice that there's an emergency landing, and we need to we need to land, and there's enemies here all of a sudden. And we land in the snow, because you know what? We haven't had a snow background yet, Isaac. So let's have a snow level. Why not? Um, sure. And you know who's hiding in the snow? Snow version DOMS, which look great.
1: <laughs> they look pretty cool. I liked I don't know. There's something about like Arctic mobile suits. It, it always, it's an it, it fits well with like robotic designs, right? Yes.
0: These ice blue DOMs look legit. I really want. Hmm a master grade ice blue Oldsmobile Dom. I think they're, they're awesome. Put it next to your desert Dom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but again, you just kind of pull out the V type VSBR, all these doms to hell. At the end of the mission, we, we zip back into the, into the romance plot thread randomly, which hasn't been talked about in a while. And Berg's all, he's all nervous. All of a sudden he's like, where's Anaphil? I can't find her. Um, and so now you're like, oh Anaphil's gone. What's, what's going on? That, that's all you know for now is just that Bird can't find Anaphil. So something must be up. So the Garuda-class ship that we're on, and we make it to the spaceport. We're going back to space, Isaac. We've, <laughs> we've, we've, we've exhausted all, all sceneries on Earth. Desert, uh, snow, water. I guess we didn't really have like a forest
1: level or something, but... No. Oh, well. Thank, thank God. Well, they, they, you know why they couldn't, right? Because then they'd be putting green Zaku sprites over a green field. Oh, it would have been true. a nightmare. Yeah. So, that's probably true. <laughs> uh,
0: so we get to the spaceport in Act Eight, and our jerk friends Biak and Albert are talking, and they're like, "You haven't told Berg what happened, man." And Berg overhears, and so now he knows something's up. And then Wilder tells him, "Hey, man, you better get your F ninety on the shuttle. The Oldsmobile Army is approaching." And it's it's just all these weird things are ha- there's like no explanation. What I'm saying, it sounds like it's jumping around, and that's because it is. That's basically what happens in in the game. Uh, there's really no kind of structure to this. Uh, but anyway, you get back in your v your F90 V type, blow everybody away. This was a cool map, I thought, because at this point you're dealing with all of the remaining Oldsmobile forces on Earth. So they start throwing everything at you they have. They have Doms, Gox, and Goofs, which makes sense, right? You you fought all these guys during all the different missions, and they're just throwing everything they have left at you. So I thought it's that the was boss cool. rush.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: We get on the shuttle, and all of a sudden Wilder, he goes to another craft to sort of escort us. Our shuttle launches. And, and then it cuts to this cutscene scene where Wilder gets all upset and he says, I'm going to have my revenge. We don't really know. I guess I don't think they ever told us why he needs revenge. But um, plan to get revenge didn't work out because someone shoots at him and blows him up.
1: <laughs> yeah. Cuts so, him in half. Man. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Maybe that's why they gave him a jagan. maybe he maybe he wasn't very good anyway. Uh, it turns out. <laughs> so we we lost Lieutenant Wilder.
1: Maybe he was fighting during Shard's counterattack. and like that's the revenge, and that's also why he keeps the Jagan. Like, so it he, all goes back to there.
0: <laughs> I like I like that backstory better than what we got. Yeah,
1: he lost a lot of friends. He decided to keep his Jagan as long as I'll you know keep <laughs> keep stamping his little pilot card and saying fine, well, you can deploy with the Jagan. And <laughs> the revenge plan against Xeon didn't really work out because I mean sure he killed a lot of them, but he died in the end before the mission concluded.
0: Act nine is called, this had the, one of my favorite names, the Charles Fleet Annihilation. So we <laughs> we, re, we rejoin the Abram back in space, so our, our Earth detour is over, our pointless e- Earth detour. And the captain goes, good job, the ground forces on Earth are annihilated. Uh, and, and we found out that uh, the Crossbone Vanguard are the ones lending a hand to the Oldsmobile Army from the shadows. And this actually makes sense uh, in-universe, I think,
1: yeah. Because
0: the Oldsmobile Army has all this cool, all these suits. You know, someone clearly had to give them to them. They weren't doing that well back on Mars.
1: Um, no,
0: I, I at least thought that made sense. Even though maybe some stuff later on doesn't make sense, but at least yeah. the, whole, the, the idea of a sponsor, I think, makes sense, right, Isaac? We have to have that here
1: for this to make sense. Yeah. their their success—well, not success, but their progress to this point—it it's more believable that they not only were a threat to the Earth sphere, flew from Mars to Earth, managed to get ground troops on Earth. It's more believable that all that happened because they had crossbone Vanguard support than they just did it on their own or we're lucky because they're in Musai. they're in old mobile suits, there's not a lot of them. How is this even happening? <laughs> right? Yeah. Yep. So
0: And then all of a sudden we get this new information the captain says, Hey it's the Crossbone Vanguard, and they have a base in lunar orbit, and they're gonna attack. So we gotta go. And by the way, I've got you a, a Gundam F91 now, and you're just like, what is all this? What is all this information? <laughs> Where did all this stuff come from? So the Charles Fleet is approaching. That that damn Charles is back. Um, and so he, as he's approaching, we the mechanic explains, hey, we have this Gundam F91 now. It was we built this thing based on the, the F90V type. Uh, that's why the F91 has the VSBRs, because the, the VSBRs and the F90 were so good. And now now you've got two kick-ass suits for the rest of the game, right? You've got the F91, which is even better than the F90 V-type. And even if the F91 is maybe not doing so hot, you can hop in your F90 V-type if you if you want. And still kind of get the same performance. This is the first mission, Isaac, where the Crossbone vanguard joins the fight. Some Denon Zahn's approach, along with Charles's Gelgoogs. But old Bergie pulls it out with the F ninety one, and Charles gets mad. Him and his uh, token three moose size, you know, they they retreat. And so now the captain's like, all right, we gotta go. Let's go to the moon. Come on, keep going. So we get to Act ten. So the Abram is approaching uh, the moon, and there's a there's a battle already going on. And uh, we get a, a transmission from the Federation flagship, who's engaging the the Crossbone Vanguard. And they they say hey we need help so Captain goes Berg get out there you know full speed ahead we're giving them reinforcement and then boom all of a sudden who shows up
1: Isaac Iron Mask Rona what does he do well he pre- he's in like one scene and he orders like the attack right he's yep. the, he's he's <laughs> commanding his fleet
0: <laughs> yeah he literally says something like I have no time to deal with the Federation but actually that's kind of the whole point of his plan here I think so I don't really get that. And then yeah. his cameo scene I is mean... over.
1: <laughs> yeah. We never see him again. He won't be the boss of this game or anything like that.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's it. Aye, aye, aye. So, Bergie goes out in the F-91, wipes the floor with the Denon Zons and the, and the Charles Gelgoogs. The enemy fleet retreats. It was interesting how they describe it. I don't know if you noticed this, but it's, it, it says that both the Federation and the Crossman Vanguard fleet, or the Charles fleet, whatever, Kind of just stopped fighting, but they both kept advancing towards the moon. It, w- it was like a, like a <laughs> ceasefire. No one really won. They kind of just stopped. Yeah. So, kind, of,
1: kind of odd. Lick, everybody's licking their wounds to get to like the final battlefield. Yep.
0: Yep. And so we finally get close enough to the moon to, to land, and the captain all of a sudden has more information. Uh, he goes, hey, you know what? All right, we're at the moon. And it turns out that the moon's mass driver base has been occupied by the crossbone vanguard. And I think uh, the Crossbone Vanguard want a line of defense between them and the Federation. So they're trying to steal. They're trying to take over this mass driver. And so then Berg's like, oh, yeah, well, Captain, do you think we should attack it? And he's like, yeah, get down there, Berg. Go go take back that base. <laughs> <laughs> Very astute observations from Berg in terms of uh,
1: yeah. battle strategy. Clearly, he's read Art of War a yes, few times. We should, definitely, we should definitely take back the possible weapon that can use against our planet. <laughs> Yes.
0: And then we are introduced to the guy who has the worst name in the game, Colonel Dahajo, who I can't yeah. tell. I can't I, I couldn't tell. Was he on the Crossbow Vanguard or was he with the Oldsmobile's? I'm
1: pretty know. sure that was a that looked like a crossbow uniform. It okay, had purple so, and gold, I think so.
0: OK, so he reveals the plan and the plan was basically to use the moon's mass driver system to launch meteorites at Earth. That is suspiciously similar <laughs> to the plan that the Oldsmobiles had on Mars to launch the, the Olympus Mons cannon. Did you did you laugh when that, when that plan was revealed, Isaac?
1: Um, I I, I, I didn't so much laugh, but I was underwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Earlier, there was an act, right, or a mission where you, there were meteorites with, like, mines on them, right, attacking the, uh, the Abrams or something like that. Something like that, yeah. So to hear meteorites again i was like well i don't know what was going on at the time of development maybe hail bop or something but like people were really <laughs> interested in like meteorites or something so yeah. i was like eh, i mean sure they can attack earth like that but i don't think that's been too much of a credible threat that the federations had to face that mass drives for transportation
0: maybe they just launched <laughs> a lot of them though they couldn't keep up or something i don't know yeah
1: Maybe it wasn't so much the super weapon, but like the meteorites it does launch could be more very strategic or tactical weapons. Like he wouldn't want it hitting like a spaceport, you know, or like the solemnest factory on Earth or something like that. Yeah, that's true.
0: Um, and you know why we went to the moon, Isaac? Because now you can have a le- you can have a mission with a moon background. So oh, boom. of course, <laughs> this whole this whole act takes place in the moon with a sweet moon background with craters. And the captain gives you very distinct orders. He just says, "Berg, destroy them all." And so uh, so that's what Berg does. He goes in, you know, F-91, takes them all out. And then we get to the final chapter, Isaac, where it's called In Internal Darkness. And that's, you know, oof, that's a, that's a heavy title right there.
1: Yeah. So
0: I was a little confused here because, remember, we we weren't on the moon, so we went to the moon. We took back the, the mass driver base, and now we have to go to an enemy fortress, which is near the moon. So I'm a little confused why we didn't just go to the enemy fortress first.
1: It seems odd to go to the moon first think, instead of the fortress i don't know well i think the mass driver was under earth federation control of course so maybe priority was regain what we lost and then we'll go fig, you know take down this mm-hmm. asteroid base they they pulled out of nowhere <laughs> yeah. okay
0: all right i can get on board so, this is also where yeah. the, the plot sort of becomes completely clear I'm gonna give you my take sure. of what's going on. <laughs> I mean, you can you can let me know if I'm right. Uh, you know you're better at these I'm villainy right. things. <laughs> All right. We see Charles, who is now referred to as Sir Charles because he has been sort of absorbed into the Crossbone Vanguard. He's talking to a guy mm-hmm. named Sir Chatre Chatre. I don't know. And it's revealed that yes, Chatre gave. Charles and you know the, the Oldsmobiles their their mobile suits their supplies but it, it does appear now that Charles knows that he's now really it's no longer Zeon's fight because his forces are kind of demolished because basically Berg kind of killed them all himself but Charles says you know what I know that you're using me to, to do whatever it is you're trying to do against the Federation but I'm gonna I'm gonna go down fighting in the name of Zeon Uh, he tells his men to leave and but there's a a squad of doms with him which i thought you would like this a lot because the dom squad was like you know they were like no you know (laughs) we're not leaving and we will fall under the name of zeon with you and so charles gives this you know really epic order he says all charles air squadron follow my mobile suit dig zeon and then the berg launches in the gundam the crew promises each other that we'll all come back alive and the game's getting real hard at this point because there's... Well, actually, I think Act 10 and 11 are the hardest in the game for sure. But the, but not only are the Crosswind Vanguard people using Denon ons, but they're also using the Burgadalis now. And that's the same suit that was piloted by uh, Darrell or Jarrell in, in Gundam F9-1, uh-huh. which was probably one of the best on the battlefield. Um, yeah, it's
1: only given... I mean, yeah. they don't give that to everybody.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, Berg's killing these things left and right. I mean, there's... At least five of them in each of these yeah. in each of these last acts here. So, but Charles here comes out in his own. He's got his own mobile suit, Isaac.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's got the uh, what was it, the Charles
0: Gelgoog? Custom refined Gelgoog. It's pretty sweet color scheme. It's red and white. Looks pretty neat, especially yeah. if you look up the new art for it versus the sprite. Sprite is a little unclear, but when you look at the new art, looks pretty damn cool. That's when it clicked for me. His name is Charles, and he pilots a red go- red Gelgoog. A little bit on the nose, but
1: <laughs> did you get that, too? He's no Char. He's no yeah. Char.
0: <laughs> but guess what? Uh, Charles and his cool Gelgoog, not enough to cut the F-91 down. Even though he has these really cool twin green beam sabers, he's got a blue beam shield, but old Bergy pulls it out, and Charles goes down. And then we get a little epilogue here. Chatria from the Crossbone Vanguard says something very confusing. I don't maybe this doesn't maybe it's just bad translation, I'm not sure. He says the whole federation is at our doorstep. Do with them what you wish, Crossbone Vanguard. And then he says long live Crossbone Vanguard. And I I'm confused what he's trying to do or what he's trying to say there. And then Berg, he thinks he's going to die cuz he's floating in his Gundam but the air is leaking. The Abrams catches him and they said, "Oh, we, we got to head to side 4 to Frontier 1." And Berg starts talking to the mechanic, and he says, the F90 and the F91 are still test units. Um, We can't use them to their fullest potential until uh, SNRI gives them some adjustments. Berg wonders, wow, how how much of a monster will these suits be when they're completed? And the mechanic says, well, when they're finished, Berg, only a new type will be able to handle them, which means that Berg isn't a new type, which means this dude is like the best pilot the Federation has had in a long-ass time. This dude... Killed single-handedly killed everybody in in the Oldsmobile army. He must have a kill count well above a hundred at this point.
1: Probably.
0: He, yeah, and, that, and that's kind of the that's kind of the story. It ends there. Berg says goodbye to the F ninety one, and uh, the Abram flies away. And then uh, there you have it.
1: I have two questions. What happened to the Moose Eyes that were part of the Charles Fleet? Are they implied to be destroyed, or did they just? Fly away to fight another day.
0: <laughs> I would assume they were destroyed. We we don't actually see. Okay. We don't actually see enemy ships on the map. Like you don't get to oh, attack oh. them per se.
1: The Crossbow Vanguard base that was orbiting the moon. Like, did they destroy it? Did the Federation destroy? It? We don't actually see them destroy it, right? It's yeah. that they blasted it. They killed all the mobile suits guarding it, and then just landed the troops on it and took it over, or. They blew it up outright with, you know, beam cannons or something. Yeah, I think that sort of
0: gets us into the
1: the problems this
0: series causes, right? So yeah. it, it's again, it's not completely clear to the very end. But it, am I right in assuming that the Crossbow Vanguard was basically trying to use the Oldsmobile Army to sort of hit the Federation instead of doing it directly themselves, kind of up until the end?
1: Yeah, but that still doesn't really explain what the overall crossbone plan was. Like, have the Federation be distracted by the Old Mobile Army while you take the mass driver and do some kind of attack on Earth. Um, I don't think any attack on Earth with a mass driver would have been enough to be a knockout punch. And what was the point of having a base just suddenly show up around lunar orbit like... For for trying to be in the shadows, you know, pulling up your asteroid base to the moon is the opposite of being discreet. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's the biggest problem with this in terms of like sort of logical continuity. Again, this game takes place in Universal Century Zero One Twenty Two. F ninety one takes place the next year. I don't know if they're exactly a year apart; probably less time. But how does the Federation not know that the Crossbow Vanguard is completely hostile?
1: You can explain it away by like. Like I said before, the, the corruption that we'll have fit politicians and uh, Federation officers who are clearly working with the Crossbone Vanguard or at least receiving some pay. Um, but what doesn't really explain it is how did people, how did word not spread really? You know, on Luna, you would notice a battle happening and like enemy mobile suits taking over a mass driver. I think there's only one on Luna. Uh, so it'd be kind <laughs> of a big deal, right? You'd also notice like an enemy asteroid base pulling up to lunar orbit. So I, how did word not spread from Luna that hey, there's an organization called Crossbone Vanguard, and they're pretty much a threat. <laughs> so yeah, that's a good
0: point. Yeah. They, they must it must have took them a while to build that base, right? It didn't just appear one <laughs> one morning.
1: <laughs> it looks like they just towed it out of wherever they were hiding it, and I, I guess they figured, well, we've seized the mass driver, we're gonna just part this over Luna, and essentially, you know forward base in this war against the Federation, but fortunately, they lost.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So what are your overall thoughts on the story, Isaac?
1: I thought the story was definitely interesting, number one, because it's new to me. Um, It had some problems as far as, you know, logic and what it does with the timetable and all that, because Crossbow Vanguard looks brand new the moment that f 91 starts. I think even in f one in the opening minutes, like the Federation says, we're being attacked by pirates or something, right? They have no idea who they are.
0: That's right. Um,
1: yeah, but yeah. I mean, gameplay-wise, not the best. I understand they're limited by the technology, but not a fun game, very difficult. There's better Gundam games out there. Story-wise, pretty interesting to watch through a Let's Play. So that's, that's probably how I'd recommend people uh, consume this, this piece of Gundam uh, content.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would say if you're one of those people who really likes playing hard video games, this would be for you. But if you're just looking to consume the story of this, totally agree with Isaac. You should probably just use the Let's Play. This is one of those games where if you lose towards the end of the game it will make you not want to play the game ever again (laughs) because of how much time it takes to get to the end of the game and the end of the game isn't much different than the beginning of the game other than there's just more enemies
1: yeah and frustratingly difficult they really missed out on opportunity to use uh, mobile armors i felt like that would have been interesting um, to have battles with maybe a musai or those could have been cool bosses instead it was just you know different mobile suits of varying powers that you fought against
0: yeah well it's interesting that you mentioned mobile armors isaac so because when i was looking up the mecha for this series there is a mobile armor listed for this game yet it was not in the game and it's called the ground, the Grand Zom or the Grand Zom, and uh, it's this basically this giant sort of red version of the Big Zom, but instead of having legs, it is it's like attached to like a hover unit. Um, <laughs> it's pretty cool looking, but it was cut from the game for apparently quote plot reasons. But it's red, so I would imagine that maybe it was the original intended
1: final suit for Charles to pilot. I could see that. Actually, that's probably a good bet. They probably didn't want him in the Gelgu. Maybe the Gelgu was supposed to show up earlier or something as like the the middle fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it could be. the The
0: official explanation is that the Mars and that you know they were defeated uh, before it could see combat. But um, it, apparently, it it appeared in the official guidebook for the game, and but it just it didn't actually make it into the game, which is unfortunate. Because I agree, could have changed it up a bit. Fought this big hulking thing. Um, it
1: would have been a cool final boss you know
0: yeah yeah i agree yeah i don't think the gameplay would have differed that much i mean it's still you're still gonna do the same thing but visually it would have been cool to, to have a sort of like a bigger boss
1: <laughs> not to diverge too much from this game but i still find it infuriating nobody's really taking like those rating games and or at least you know the type of game they are mm-hmm. and just skin them over with a Gundam <laughs> because they're, they're almost identical, right? <laughs> yeah, I
0: could see that. That could work. I would like that.
1: How could that not work? We'll do that. That'll be our indie Gundam game. <laughs> Gundam Raiden. <laughs> Gund- yeah, Gundam Archimedes, the game. <laughs> we just have
0: to learn how to program basically anything. How
1: <laughs> to make a game? <laughs> <laughs> but, how hard could yeah, it be, right? But I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'll say this about this Gundam game. They clearly took a lot of time into getting the mobile suit designs right because damn, they look good. You know, you see a lot of other games where maybe, you know, the Star Wars stuff doesn't look exactly the same. There were a lot of Star Wars games at the time on Super Nintendo, but for this game those those are Xeon mobile suits. Those are uh, Crossbone Vanguard mobile suits. Um the whole little map thing I thought wasn't designed as well as it could have been and the actual combat itself looked kind of cumbersome. But overall, I think it was an interesting story. It was good to consume, good to learn about, and um great looking 8-bit suits. Sorry, 16-bit suits.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree. The suits are definitely one of the high points for the game. So even if you don't, you know, want to go play the game, uh and you you like Xeon suits, uh, I would definitely encourage you to go at least check out the suits on, you know, MAHQ or something, because they're they're pretty neat. And I kind of wish that we had these in, like, an anime. Um, so, which maybe that brings me to my biggest question for you, Isaac. Do you think that this story is adaptable to, like, an OVA?
1: Yes. And I think if you do adapt it, you can clean up the story. You'll have a lot more flexibility. Um, you'll also have a lot more delve into, like, the plot and, you know, pieces of information rather than just the snippets like the the three senses each character gets in between missions um, <laughs> i i think it'd actually be pretty great translated into like a short series
0: yeah i agree I th- i think this has the template for a solid series it has a very easy through line to follow with a twist at the end it's got great mobile suit designs already you don't even have to do much there you really just got to flesh out the story a bit and you could have Plenty of action in every episode. You could probably fit it into six episodes if, if you wanted to or something like that. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think out of the ones we've seen so far, you know, between F90, Silhouette Formula, this one, I think this one might be the most easily adaptable. It's such an easy to follow plot. There's these right. bad guys, Berg, go get them.
1: Right? Not only that, yeah, but there's a lot of blank space on the canvas. You know, there's so much we can go into about you know, uh, Wilder's Revenge, you know, what's what's motivating him? There could be flashbacks there. I'm sure Charles must have a lot of reasoning himself for being such a young man, but like being pro-Zeon. We can go even into the Crossbone Vanguard, you know, the new officers that they showed us. Get a little bit of Corozo. Maybe he'll be more intimidating than he was in F91, or at least <laughs> make more sense. It would give us a chance to see... A literal handoff between Zeon to Crossbone Vanguard as the villains. So, yeah, I think that'd be great.
0: Yeah, I hope they do it. So now that brings me to the, my my trifecta of epic fails for this game. Do it. So here's what happened, listeners. <clears throat> so Isaac, you know, he couldn't he couldn't get his uh, keyboard working. So I figured, okay, well, I need to play through the game if we're going to review this game. And I did. I played through Acts one and nine, uh, and then work got really busy. So, I didn't play the game for about two weeks. But I didn't really know. I, I'm not big into emulators or anything. I don't really know much about them. I had to go find one to play this game. So, when I beat Act 9 and Act 10 was starting, I was like, ah, oh, you know what? I don't really know how to save my game. I had hit Save Game after clearing every act. You're given the option to save your game. Naively, I thought that was actually saving my game. You know, I, I would imagine that most emulators, you have to save it through the emulator, not saving it through the game. So, uh, but, but I, I knew that I didn't really know how the emulator was working, so I, I just left my computer on with the Act 10 screen on for, like, two weeks when, until I could come back and, and finish the game.
1: Oh, dear. Uh, so,
0: then, so, then, so, then, so then, that was mistake number one. So then I, I decided, okay, I need to go finish the game uh, last night before recording this podcast. Knowing that each act took about a half an hour, I figured I could finish the game in another two hours or so max. But I thought, you know, why don't I uh, stream it on Twitch? So I created the Colony Drop Twitch stream. I streamed all of Act 10 to nobody because I was doing this at about 1:30 at night. You know, no one and no one, <laughs> no one is around at 1, 1:30 a.m. Pacific time to watch Twitch stream of a 1991 video game <laughs> about <laughs> Mobile Suit Condom. a side story no less. But that's fine. Uh, I figured we could just archive it and put it up. So then I got cocky because in during the stream, I realized that I wasn't using the a type and the D type. Uh, I was only using the the V type and the f nine one. So I thought, you know what, why don't we why don't we show off the a type and the D type a little bit to make sure we get it all on stream? because uh, I figured the game was gonna get harder and I really only wanted to use the V type and the and the f nine one to beat act eleven and 12 once I got through 10. And I had act 10, which I think Act 10 and 11 are definitely the most the hardest ones in the game. I had Act 10 all mopped up for the most part, except I think, maybe two or three squadrons. Uh, and then I died because I was using the A-type and the D-type and I couldn't get back to the ship fast enough.
1: Of course. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> so that was disappointing, right? And because I was at the end of the act, I had spent an hour on that and it was already close to 2 a.m. at that point. So then I thought, okay, well, I'll just, I'll just reload my game because I saved after after act nine. So I reset the emulator and I hit game start and it started me over. At, uh, at Act 1. That was when I really knew I was in trouble, right? So, I thought, okay, that's bad. I'm, I don't want to... I, I can't... I don't have time to play Act 1 through 9 again to get back to Act 10. That's going to take another 10 hours. <laughs> so then I go to the load the uh, load option for my emulator, and, uh, and I load slot 1, okay? And apparently the last time I saved in slot 1 was Act 5, okay? But Act 5 is a little better than Act 1, right? So... I was like, well, I could uh, give it a shot. I could try to try to get back there by the time for this podcast. So I play through Act 5 and Act six it takes me about an hour. so it's now about 2:30 in the morning. I'm wrapping up Act 6. I go to save Jeez. it. I go to save uh, I go to save Act 6 and I hit save and then I go, you know what? I better verify that it's saved and I can start on act 7 in the morning. There's no way I'm even gonna make it to the end of the game just being in act seven the next day. I mean, Act 7 to to 12, that's half the game. It's going to take me another... At the rate the enemies come out at that point, it's going to take you another 10 hours. Uh, So I reset the emulator. I go to the load option to hit slot 1, which is where I had saved my now already reduced progress down to Act 7. But I was tired at this point. I think I actually fell asleep on stream. I was still streaming. So I streamed Act 10, I streamed me dying, and then I streamed Act 5 and 6. And I think I actually fell asleep at the end of the stream. And so when I woke up, I I tried to load Act 7 to verify that I had saved it. But instead, I hit save on the title screen. So I just saved over my Act 7 progress to be saving the game at the title screen, which means I was now back at Act 1. So that was mistake number two. (laughs) So, But I thought, you know what, okay... At least I still have my stream. Because I did actually stream for about an hour and a half, hour 40 minutes, and I explained all the game, different gameplay things, as I went through Act 10, cleared the whole map. And I was like, cool, well, we have the stream, at least we can, we can talk about that. But then it turns out that Twitch doesn't automatically archive your streams. You have to actually turn that option on, which for all those people who maybe stream a lot, that probably seems obvious to you. I've never streamed before. So not only did I lose my progress... From Act 10 back to uh, Act 5, I then saved over my Act 5 to 7 progress back to the title screen, which means zero progress. And in addition to those two, I lost my stream of <laughs> about you know hour 45 minutes of explaining this game. So that was probably the most compounded failure, like trifecta failure of anything gaming related I've ever done. <laughs>
1: As punishment, you will be launched from the mass driver on Luna.
0: <laughs> I, I felt like I got launched from a mass driver, let me tell you.
1: What are you, a boomer? You don't know how technology works?
0: <laughs> well, I just assumed that your Twitch stream was archived, but I guess not.
1: Your call sign from now on in the Federation will be Boomer. <laughs> boomer?
0: <laughs> boomer One?
1: Who keeps bumping into the Solomus? I think that's a Boomer out there in the, in the heavy Could gun. I, I uh, like, oh, God, of course. <laughs>
0: Can I at least have a cool number, you know, like Boomer eighty six or something?
1: No, your number is negative one. <laughs> oh, Bo- Boomer negative one. Boomer negative one. Oh uh, well, Boomer negative one, reporting for
0: duty on the King Space Pig.
1: There you go. Okay, Boomer. How many horrors would you give Formula Wars?
0: It gets points for the story and the mecha design. The gameplay was passable back in the day. The gameplay has definitely not aged well. It's not really a super fun game today after about half an hour. After that, you kind of realize that, oh, this is going to be the same thing you know, every map. Um, so I'm going to give it a five and a half out of ten.
1: I feel like the story was interesting enough to keep someone engaged, but the gameplay was bad. For the time, though, I think it's forgivable. There's it still so early in video game uh, development, video game history. I'm going to give it three out of five Haros on the Haro scale. Well, we're pretty close then. Yeah, yeah, we give it middle marks more or less yeah. <laughs> because yeah. that's what it deserved. The story pulled it, and then it got averaged out by um <laughs> by the gameplay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So there you have it, folks. If you're really looking to continue your UC Next 100 journey, and you just you have to have that 1991 Formula Era <laughs> Gundam video game. This
1: is the one for you. (laughs) Fingers crossed it becomes a series, a little one-shot three-hour OVA or something. I don't know. It'd be so cool.
0: It would be. Berg Scred, he's amazing. He legit just tore Marzion a new one. He he killed them all. It would be the fastest-paced OVA, just him just zipping through and blowing all these people up. It'd be really fun to watch. I hope we get it.
1: If he's not a new type he must be i don't know a prodigy of a normal of an old type pilot
0: yeah i want to see his kill count i don't know why he's not on the list he's a god for sure so berg <laughs> legit he makes me want to buy a master grade f90 and get the v-type mission pack so i think i might try to track that down
1: well that'll do it for today's episode on formula wars we hope you enjoy it and we hope you find a way to enjoy the gameplay tune in next time for our next episode
0: Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Take care, everybody. So maybe one day I'll go back and finish this game. Because now I'm upset. Because I was pretty close (laughs) to the end. I don't think you will. There's better games
1: to play. (laughs) (laughs) There's
0: probably better games to play.
1: I may replay better things to do.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I may replay the first like mission or two so we can upload a video when we put it on YouTube, but we'll see.
1: Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I'll I'll do the voices of the enemy as they die (laughs) in (laughs) terror. Ah